Glory. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get into the word. The word for tonight. Uh, our scriptures will be coming from the book of Luke, chapter 4. We're going to do verses 1 through 14. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. And then I'm going to end with John 10 and 10 and James 4 and 7. Hallelujah. The title of the message on tonight is Tempted in the Wilderness. Tempted in the Wilderness. Now, if you're a Bible reader, which we all should be, the wilderness comes about several times in Scripture. Um, the Bible says that John was a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord. The Bible talks about the children of Israel and the amount of time that they spent in the wilderness. John was in the wilderness because God had a calling on his life to bring forth, to be the forerunner, to introduce Jesus. So sometimes you're in the wilderness because of the call on your life. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for two reasons. The first reason was because they were complaining. They were often complaining. And so God allowed an entire generation to die off in the wilderness. The other reason why the children of Israel were in the wilderness was because God was testing them. Now, this test was to see if they wanted his hand or his heart. He wanted them to have Cana. But first, he wanted to see if they wanted him. Sometimes we're in the wilderness because of the call on our life. Sometimes we're in the wilderness because we're complaining. Sometimes we're in the wilderness because we want what God, we want God's blessings but we don't want him. Now, the story I'm going to reveal to you or unfold for you tonight is Jesus in the wilderness. Now, Jesus was in the wilderness for an entirely different reason. Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted. He was in the wilderness being tempted because the father was trying to prepare him for his ministry. Luke chapter four, verse one reads, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, 
returned from the Jordan and was led around by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when he had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are a son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, the scripture says that Jesus, now, let me give you the backdrop of this story. Jesus has just gotten baptized. The Holy Spirit has descended upon him. The moment the Holy Spirit descended upon him, the Holy Spirit sent him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, the word tempted means to try, to make a trial of, to test. It means, and this is the part I want you to pay attention to, for the purpose of ascertaining his quality of what he thinks or how he will behave himself. So Jesus is in the wilderness because the father wants to see what is the quality of his soul before he enters into his ministry. As children of God, we will often find ourselves in the wilderness before God calls us into what he wants us to do. Before we started this ministry, you asked me, I was in the wilderness for five years. <laughs> it felt like that. But in that time, God was preparing me. He was testing me. He was checking my motives. Do y'all know that my wife has to remind me to take offering? She has to remind me to take offering, which lets you know I'm not in it for the money. If I was in it for the money, before I start teaching, I would take the offering to make sure I didn't forget. Matter of fact, it wasn't until we started this church that I remembered that we collect tithes and offerings. I have an issue collecting tithes and offering because I don't really want anything from y'all but to teach. I have to collect tithes and offering because it's a spiritual principle that if I sow into you spiritually, that you sow into me natural things, you sow back natural things. That's the principle of the scripture. Without tithing, without offering, without giving, what ends up happening is the people aren't being blessed. So I was in the wilderness for it feels like five years. But what God was doing was he was preparing me. He was checking my motives. He was checking my heart. He was pulling things out of me to prepare me for the call he had for my life. This is a similar situation with Jesus. This is, Jesus has not entered into his ministry yet. He's being tempted by the devil. He's fasted for 40 days. The Bible says that he ate nothing during those days. And when, he had, when the, his fast had ended, he became hungry. 
Then the Bible said that he was tempted by the devil. Now, let me let you get on, give you an understanding of who the devil is. The job of the devil is to estrange mankind from God. The job of the devil is to entice us to sin and to afflict us with disease by means of demons to take possession of our body at his bidding. This is the job of the devil. Now, like I told you before, the spirit sent him into the wilderness. He's not in the wilderness because he did something wrong. He's in the wilderness to be prepared to do what God has called him to do. The Bible says that after his fast, he was hungry, meaning what? His fleshly appetite desired food. This is the moment that the devil came to speak to him. Now, this entire story, if you've read it before, does not take place on earth. This entire story takes place in the mind of Jesus. So when the scripture says that the spirit led him to the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil, he was not present with him. He was, this was all taking place in his mind. Hmm. Now, the devil speaks to us. He tries to enter into our mind. He tries to speak to our mind. Now, the purpose of him speaking to our mind is to enter the soul to possess our appetite. Because this is the thing that the devil knows. Whoever rules the soul rules the man. Whoever rules the soul rules the man. So what Satan does is he attacks the mind through thought life and imagination. He attacks our hearts through past pains and our emotions. So now he attacks us through our thought life by making us feel like we're not loved. Has the devil ever come to you and, and told you that somebody don't like you? Come to find out they really do like you. <laughs> he attacks us in our thought life. He tells us God doesn't love us. He tells us people doesn't love us. He tells us that we can't succeed. succeed. He attacks us in our imagination, meaning this. He tries to get us to think in pictures. He tries to put thoughts into our mind, pictures into our mind, and get us to meditate on them. Sometimes I'm just driving down the street, and in my mind, I see a vehicle hitting me. Has this ever happened to you? That's the devil. Sometimes, especially nowadays, my daughter uh, just went to the sixth grade. She just went to middle school. And she catches the bus. And often in my mind, 
Satan tries to plant the thought of her getting kidnapped. This all happens in our mind. Then he attacks our hearts with past pains, with hurts, with conflicts. You ever been in prayer and then all of a, all of a sudden you start arguing with somebody in your mind? Oh, come on. This is what Satan does. He attacks us in our emotions. I just don't feel. <laughs> Today I'm having a bad day. I just feel like. This is why 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says that our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds to the casting down of vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing these things or these thoughts into the captivity or the obedience of Christ. And so what I want you to see on today is how Jesus handled the attacks in his mind. Now, when we're talking about being tempted in the wilderness, you have to understand what the wilderness is. Naturally, the wilderness is a solitary place. It's a place of loneliness. You might find yourself in the wilderness when God calls you to do something, and then all of a sudden, people start separating themselves from you. It's a wilderness moment. Spiritually, you might find yourself in a wilderness when you all of a sudden don't feel God's presence but you need him. You ever pray and it feels like your prayer is bouncing off the ceiling? You ever go to prayer, but go to pray, but you, it, it feels like the Wi-Fi has been disconnected? <laughs> these are wilderness moments. And it, it, is, it is at these times that the Father is testing you. He's trying you. He's allowing you to go through something to see where are you? What is the quality of your soul? I'm trying to see how you are going to behave yourself when you can't feel me. I'm trying to see when people pull away from you and I call you to do something, are you going to follow the crowd or are you going to follow me? Although it feels lonely. So the devil is in the wilderness. So Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. The devil comes to him, and the first thing the devil says to him is, if you are a son of God. He didn't say if you go to church. He didn't say if you're a member of Divine Generation Church. He didn't say if you got money. He didn't say if you anointed. He said, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Now, the funny thing about this is that when Satan approaches Jesus, you got to see this statement. Look, saints, the devil is after the relationship. He's after your ability to be a child of God. He's not after your money. 
He doesn't, what can Satan do with your money? He's not after your car. He's not after your house. He's after the relationship. If you are the son of God, tell these bread, tell this stone to be turned to bread. Now, the funny thing about it is this. Jesus has not entered into his ministry. Now, the first miracle that he did in his ministry was what? Turning water to wine. So he had not even turned water to wine. But somehow Satan knew that as a son of a, as, as a son of God, he had a, he had the power to tell a stone to become bread. Somehow Satan knew this. What does that mean? Satan knows what us as children of God are capable of. The issue is we don't know. We don't know our powers. Satan knows our powers. If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. He's after the relationship because he knows this. If he can sever the relationship, he, dis, he, he tears you apart or he pulls you away f- from the source of power. It's strange how we have the Godhead and we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as soon as we become children of God, our relationship is with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Mimicking the Godhead. Look at Jesus' answer. Jesus answered him, it is written. Now, it is written means this. Those things that stand written in the sacred book. Those things that are engraved in our behavior. It tells what is written on our hearts, our minds, and our souls that governs our life. In which anytime Satan speaks to us, we should respond with what the Father has told us, what the Father has imparted us into us. It is a reason why in Jesus' ministry, he said, I only do what the Father tell me to do. It didn't start in his ministry. It started before his ministry. It started with him encountering the devil and defeating the devil. I'm telling you this because this is your life right now. You're being tempted right now by the devil in some area of your life. He knows who you are, but the question is, do you? So Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, when he says it is written, he's quoting scripture. He's quoting scripture. This is why you need the word of God in you. In Matthew 4 and 4, he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. So he's saying, look, it's okay to eat bread, but we also have a spiritual life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out the mouth of of God. 
So you have to understand this, that God is constantly, as a father, speaking to you every day. He's speaking to you daily. Every word that proceeds means God, he never stops talking to you. It's not just scripture. Scripture is written. He said every word that proceeds. So the father is still speaking right now. This is Jesus' mindset. When the, when the devil approaches him, he said, my mindset is, this is what my father has taught me. I respond with my father's word. Now, this is test one, and he passed it. But the devil's not finished. Luke 4 and 5 says this, and he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. How many know you can't do that in the natural? <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. So in his mind, he showed him all the kingdoms of this world in one moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me. And I, will, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall be yours. So he passed the first test, but Satan wasn't finished. The scripture said he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. So he showed him the music industry. He showed him the porn industry, sex trafficking. He showed him all the kingdoms of the, of the world. He showed him crime, the mob, mafia. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment and said, look, if you bow down to me, I will make them yours if you worship me. But this is the part I want you to see. He says, for it has been handed over to me and I will give it to whomever I wish. Who handed it over to him? Adam. This happens often. It happens often with gifts. It happens often with talents. God will tell you, if you just take your, the devil will tell you, if you just take your singing talent and use it for my glory, I'll give you this. If you just take that prophetic gift and become a clairvoyant, you know what that is? A palm reader. It's the same gift. It, this happens all the time. If you would just take the body that the Father has given you and use it for prostitution, Use it in the strip club. Take that ability to become a leader and turn to a pimp. It happens all the time. 
That's why he said, therefore, if you worship before me, it shall be yours. What does it mean to worship? It means to come before Satan and say, make me like you. I want to be treacherous. I want to be devious. I want to be a liar. Test two. Jesus answered him and says, it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So Satan comes to him in his mind and tells him, if you worship me, I'll give you all of this stuff that you can see. Knowing that if you worship the father, he has a destiny for you. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to get us to worship him, give our life over to him. And after we've given our life over to him, our destiny becomes destroyed. You know how many people are in jail because the Satan gave them a thought that they should go do something? They did it. They got caught. Now, as soon as they go to jail, he leave. Now you got someone sitting in jail, and the first thing they said, I don't know why I did that. Satan came to you in your mind. It happens all the time. He comes to us in our minds, and the thing that he's telling us, the thing that he's trying to get us to do, he's trying to get us to worship him instead of worship the Father. He's trying to destroy the relationship. Test two. Test three. Verse nine. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, here we go again, attacking the relationship. If you are the son of God, throw yourself from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, this third time, Chad, he comes using scripture. <laughs> but this is the thing about the devil. The Bible says that he's the father of lies. So even in, telling, even in trying to quote scripture, he has to twist it. Because the scripture really doesn't say that. In Psalm 91 and 11, this is what it really says. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That ain't what Satan said. Satan said he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. He left out to keep you in all your ways. This is what he does. He, he left that out because he knew that the angels would never tell him to do that. Because what he's trying to do is he's trying to get Jesus to ponder suicide. The scripture says that he took him. He led him to Jerusalem 
and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, basically jump. The pinnacle is the highest point of the temple. So it would be the equivalent of taking him to the Empire State Building or the Sears Tower in Chicago or the tallest building you can imagine and, 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 and in his mind. This is all happening in his mind. And saying, throw yourself down. When you jump, God going to have the angels rescue you. How many of y'all know that's a lie? But this happens. Suicide rate it isn't increasing for no reason. This is a demonic attack on the mind of people. Telling them, if you kill yourself, it'll be all over with. You'll be in a better place. Now, isn't it crazy that he can't even repeat the scriptures right? Isn't that crazy? He tries to use the scriptures to make Jesus, to fool Jesus into pondering suicide. This is what he does. He did the same thing with Adam and Eve. He did the same thing. Matter of fact, he did the same thing with Eve. He comes to Eve and says, didn't he tell you that you can't eat from no trees in the garden? Now, God didn't say that. God never told her that she could not eat eat from any trees in the garden. He told her you can eat from every tree in the garden except for one. By the time Satan was done speaking to her, Eve said, he said that we can't touch a tree. You ask me, Adam said that. Adam probably told her, look, don't even touch. <laughs> the devil tries to... Tw try to twist the scriptures to get Jesus to ponder suicide. And Jesus answered and said to him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord God to the test. You shall not put the Lord God to the test. Now, what's crazy is this. There is scripture in the Bible where God tells us to test him. But he wants us to test him in obedience, not in disobedience. And this is what I want you to see out of this whole thing of Scripture. Verse 13 says, when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Meaning this. This didn't happen just once, Tanya. Meaning this, Ola, just because it happened today don't mean it won't happen tomorrow. But notice this. This is the caveat of it all. At the beginning of this passage of Scripture, it says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled means the Holy Spirit is just influencing you to do right. Full means it has covered every part of your soul. That's why the father was testing him because he was getting ready for ministry. This is why in verse 14, it says, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit. And the news about him spread through all the surrounding districts. So after 
Jesus passed these tests according to scripture. He left these tests with the power of the spirit. This is why we have so many weak Christians. Because we think as soon as we get the Holy Spirit, we're just going to walk out in power. No tests, no trials, no wilderness. Just, I got the Holy Spirit, now let me go be powerful. No. At all times, the Father is testing you. And the test might be how you treat somebody. Because if you treat somebody that you can see, according to Scripture, wrong, how, do, how can, the Bible says, how can you say you love God that you can't see, but then you hate your brother that you can see? So sometimes the test is simply how you treat people. And based on how you treat people is how God will allow you to walk in power. Now, not only did he walk in the power of the Spirit, but the news about him spread through all the surrounding districts. So he didn't, he didn't just walk in power. God advertised him. Now, we've just seen Jesus live out Two scriptures, and I want to run them by you. John 10 and 10. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus just had firsthand experience with this scripture. Why? Because the devil just came to steal, kill, and destroy what? His spiritual life. Anytime Satan attacks you, what he is trying to do is he's trying to destroy your thought process. He's trying to destroy your opportunity to walk or live from the spirit realm, spiritual realm. He does not want us to have a spiritual life. He does not want us to embark on living from the spirit realm. Watch this. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. So, steal. He said, use your power to please your fleshly appetite. Turn the bread into stone. Kill. He said, jump from the pinnacle. <laughs> Commit suicide. So he couldn't, he couldn't steal, he couldn't kill, so he said, worship me. Which means, allow me to possess your soul until your destiny is destroyed. And what did we just see? We just seen Jesus defeat Satan. The other scripture is James 4 and 7. It says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. How do you submit to what is written? Every time Satan came to Jesus, he said what? It is written. In other words, this is what my father has said about this situation. 
it is written. This is what my father says about this situation. Now, most of the time you hear this scripture, you hear what? Resist the devil and he'll flee. No, you have to submit to God. In your submitting to God, the devil will see that you have submitted to God. That means that you're what? Resisting. In you resisting him, the scripture says that he will flee. But even according to this scripture, he, he'll flee, but he's waiting for another opportunity. He's always waiting for another opportunity. And where does this take place? All in your mind. All in your mind. He'll have someone, you'll come to church, someone will say something to you, you don't like it, and you uproot yourself. He tries to get us offended. Because Ola looked at somebody the wrong way. Ola was just having a bad day. <laughs> it's all in the mind. It's not a physical thing. If he attacks our finances, it's to get us focused on what? Finances. If he attacks our family, it's to get us to, to take our mind off of God and get us focused on what he's doing. He will flee, but he will return at an he will, he will return at an opportune time. Resist means stand against the wiles of the devil. Cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity. Bring every thought into captivity. Bring every thought into captivity. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, to the obedience of the word. This is why Paul said, I am a prisoner of the Lord. All of my thoughts, the way that I think is being controlled by him. Let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. This is the, the mind. You ever notice it says, let the mind that was in Christ Jesus, was is a linking verb connecting it, what? To the past. He didn't say, let the mind be in you that is, that was. Why? Because he wanted you to go back through Matthew, through Mark, through Luke, through John, and see how Jesus thought. See how Jesus handled himself. And he wanted you to have that mind. See how he dealt with the government. See how he dealt with religion. See how he dealt with sinners. See how he dealt with the devil. That's why he said, it is written. But, as I close, this is the thing. He was full of the Holy Spirit. 
which means what? That's our objective. Our objective is to get full of the Holy Spirit. If you don't get full of the Holy Spirit, the devil will pick your mind apart. Because the tests are coming. They're coming. You had something today. Tempted in the wilderness. Satan is always tempting us. You know one thing he does to me often? Every time I come here, or every, you know I'm good until Sunday and Wednesday, Tremaine? <laughs> I'm good until Sunday and Wednesday. I'm fine until I have to come here and teach. So I have to come here and preach. And you know the first thing he says to me? Ain't nobody going to show up. Ain't nobody going to show up. And you got to press through that. Because you got a job to do. You, you've been called to do something. This is why most Christians don't start their business. It's a voice in their head. <laughs> it ain't going to work. And it never gets off the ground. This is why most Christians go to look for a job and all they pay attention to is where they're disqualified. <laughs> Ignore the word. You need a hefty dose of it is written. It is written. What does the word say? My wife stood right here and let you know, how can the Bible tell you if God is for you, who can be against you? How can the Bible say that and we not think like that? How can the Bible tell us if he gave his son, if he delivered his son up to us, how much more will he not freely give us all things? But soon as we lack... We, ne we never remember that. We forget that. It is written. It is written. You are more than a conqueror. He didn't say you are conquerors. He says you are, you are more than a conqueror. Why would he say that? Because he has already defeated Satan. If Jesus says all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth, then it is written. You can't lose. But where you lose at is here. Satan just speaks to your mind. He just speaks to your mind. Let us pray. Father, we thank you.